I be today? I'm Tyler Orton. Now look, the Globe Forum returns to Vancouver next week. It's one of the biggest conferences centered around sustainability. Uh, It has not been around for two years, but that's not so unusual. It usually takes those kinds of breaks there. But I think what's unusual is what happened in between is, well, we had a pandemic, so it should be very exciting to uh, bring things back together again like that. And there we'll be talking about clean tech, electric vehicles, even housing affordability this year, which is uh, very much of interest to folks out there. But ahead of this mega event, I think it'd be good to check in on BC's continued efforts to forge the way on innovation when it comes to hydrogen and how those sorts of innovations can really help us reach net zero goals across Canada. With us today, it is Matthew Klippenstein. He is a regional manager with the Canadian Hydrogen and Fuel Cell Association, uh, also an expert on many a thing, such as electric vehicles. And so, Matthew, I would just like to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, well, thanks for having me again, uh, Tyler. And I think I made a mistake. It, it's Klippenstein, not Klippenstein. Uh, it is, yeah, yeah. But there we go. I knew I've I got it worse. wrong. Okay. <laughs> well, well, look, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, like, um, I think a lot of folks, when we think about you know reducing emissions and how average people can do that, their minds go to just standard electric vehicles, kind of the, the plug-in sort of stuff. But I think maybe what's going forgotten in, in some ways is how hydrogen-powered vehicles can really make a difference with regards to reaching those goals as well. And maybe not so much the consumer vehicles, although you may disagree, but I think a lot about kind of the, the commercial vehicles and how there's kind of a big, big efforts to see what those can do to help reduce emissions. But what's your overall takeaway about the potential behind these sorts of hydrogen power vehicles moving forward and their ability to reach these climate goals that we have across the globe? Sure. Yeah. Thank you very much. So the, there's a lot of potential uh, with uh, hydrogen uh, fuel cell vehicles, also hydrogen co-combustion vehicles in the interim. Um, as you said, a lot of it is focused in what we'd call the commercial vehicle, the heavy-duty vehicle segment. Um, uh, personal passenger vehicles are very well served with uh, with batteries, and that's fantastic. Um, we do still see that uh, there will be roles and niches for hydrogen fuel cells in there, simply because, well, you know, when someone goes to McDonald's, they don't always buy, you know, beef chicken. Sometimes they have a filet fish you know. People are quirky, consumer goods, um, it's always best to offer a wide selection. We do have uh, you know, four stations currently in the, in, the, in the province, and we should be up to 18 in a few years, uh, one eight. Now, on the commercial vehicle side, um, maybe the best analogy to say is that on the personal vehicle side, the leg duty side, it's like a lobster claw, where you know, the big part of the claw, um, the fingers or mitten part is, is direct electrification, is batteries, uh, electricity. And the small part of the claw is, uh, is hydrogen, is fuel cells. Uh, on the uh, heavy-duty vehicle side, things from commercial trucks, uh, whether mining vehicles, railroads, um, boats, planes, uh, it's kind of flipped. So we do still see a role for electricity in that regard. You know, public transit buses are a fantastic use case, school buses especially. Um, but uh, we would expect that the hydrogen side uh, would be the larger part, the mitten part of that lobster claw, with the electricity part being the smaller part. So it's very complementary. There's kind of a, a trade-off in terms of uh, what you use, depending how big your vehicle is, what kind of a usage case you have. And so it's a very exciting time as the heavy-duty hydrogen fuel cell vehicle market is just emerging. 
the electric vehicle market is very mature. The battery electric vehicle market is very mature, but we have a cluster here, which is on the leading edge of that, which has leading positions even in China. And so we hope to be able to help that scale up, bringing benefits you know, back into BC, back into the Metro Vancouver cluster and area. Well, I got to ask you this, you know, there's some cool examples of innovation going on here as well as companies, you know, how are we developing as kind of a global hub? How, how do we kind of stack up versus what's going on elsewhere across the planet with regards to, you know, hydrogen specific innovations? Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, we have, um, without doubt, the leading hub for the development of hydrogen fuel cells here in Metro Vancouver. Uh, in BC. And we do have some adjacent technologies where we are leaders as well. Uh, There are clusters of development in Japan, Korea, uh, several clusters in China, Uh, but we do have North America's leading cluster here in Metro Vancouver. So that is a a strength that we have. We have a a large depth and breadth of expertise. Uh, We had the situation where Hydrogen and fuel cells were, were largely a hobby for many policymakers uh, until a few years ago. Um, round about 2019, governments made the switch from saying, you know, we'll reduce emissions incrementally, 20%, 40%. Uh, and in that case, hydrogen didn't, didn't seem to have much of a role. Uh, once policymakers said, let's go to net zero, hydrogen, and by extension fuel cells, did have a big role, did, have, um, did find their moment in the spotlight. And so suddenly there's been a lot of interest and we have been well poised to capitalize on that because we fostered this, you know, back when it was unfashionable. Well, what is kind of the benefits of hydrogen? I I think a lot of folks might be wondering, you know, why think about that versus just standard electric vehicles? You know, we can dive into some of the cool companies going on, but you tell me Mm -hmm. why this is something that we should be considering more often. Sure. Okay. Going back to that lobster claw analogy, I guess, uh, the largest part of emissions reductions will come from direct electrification, the use of electricity, and that will get you most of the way to a net zero world, but not all of the way. And so you will need a a significant portion of hydrogen energy uh, in every economy. uh, And then the fact that we've been early on this, um, you know, provides us an advantage. In Canada, the hydrogen strategy for Canada estimated that end use energy in 2050 would be up to 30% um, hydrogen. Uh, Bloomberg New Energy Finance expects it to be up to 24% of final energy use worldwide. And uh, the funny thing is BNEF is a sort of an independent um, um, outlet owned by Bloomberg. And uh, their figures are more optimistic even than the Hydrogen Council, which is sort of an industry lobbying group, which which shows the reality of um, the potential for hydrogen here. I'm thinking about like some of the cool things that are going on right now. I think Ballard is one of the companies, and you know, full disclosure, uh, Ballard is a company that you previously worked for as well. But uh, it really kind of got this going. But we are seeing kind of. Um, uh, the more emergence of kind of startups and other companies that are tapping into this, you know, what, what are some of the kind of cool things that are happening in BC right now with regards to kind of pursuing, you know, uh, different angles with regards to this kind of hydrogen economy moving forward? Yeah. So uh, again, Ballard is the, is the big uh, 800 pound girl in the room. I, I worked there until about 10 years ago before some detours into renewables and EV infrastructure. 
Uh, and so um, Ballard is the main reason, the core behind the fact that worldwide, uh, the Canadian hydrogen fuel cell cluster uh, has, it currently powers more than 5,000 heavy duty vehicles worldwide and rapidly increasing. Uh, and so uh, Ballard is well known. The sector has shipped to 42 different countries around the world, covering about two thirds of the world popula world's population. So a very significant achievement. And having done those early sales and built those early relationships, now that these, um, these sectors are scaling up, we're well poised to keep some of that market share and to be able to turn ones and twos into tens and hundreds in terms of orders. So it is a it is a very opportune place that we find ourselves in. And again, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It did take many years of persistent effort and um, and uh, diligence and uh, trying to find a, another synonym for persistence. But yeah, uh, it took a lot of grit, I suppose. You know, Canada is a relatively small market, though. Uh, who are we kind of uh, counting on with regards to markets outside of here with regards to kind of adoption of this technology and, you know, essentially selling it to, uh, you know, larger markets that could uh, afford to invest in what's coming out of British Columbia? Yes. So um, as we, uh, of course, Ballard isn't the only player. There are many other startups which have emerged uh, the, uh, in, the, in the fuel cell diaspora here. Many of these uh, startups, uh, companies like Unilia or um, Loop Energy, um, cell-centric as well, many of them are focusing on uh, China, which has taken a very aggressive industrial policy stance, uh, having made solar panels a lot cheaper, having made batteries a lot cheaper and helped them scale up. Uh, China is very eager to deploy uh, hydrogen fuel cells in its transport, primarily in heavy-duty vehicles. And so we are in a position where our companies have technological expertise. Uh, we're able to take advantage of uh, lower cost manufacturing in China. Uh, the challenge uh, and the mission, of course, is to make sure that the intellectual knowledge, uh, not just formal intellectual property like patents, but the actual often unstated knowledge does stay here so that uh, we remain sort of the brain center, if you will, of, uh, of the uh, fuel cell development, even if some of the manufacturing might take place on other continents. Yeah, I, I do remember, I think Ballard, uh, they got themselves into a bit of a pickle a, a couple years back with regards to a, a partnership that they had uh, with, with a, a Chinese company. And, um, and I, I think the CEO had insisted there was no kind of uh, big exchange of IP that could have uh, cratered the company. But it was like, we do still have to kind of be careful about this sort of stuff. But um, that, yeah. that's right. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, what was that, Matthew? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, that is correct. Um, I, I know there is a joint venture that uh, Ballard established in China, which manufactures, um, for example, one of its older uh, fuel cell platforms. So that was one way of providing what the uh, what the governments in China wanted, which access to IP, uh, without you know, giving away the crown jewels, as it were. Uh, one big upside to this is that uh, with the Chinese interest, there is a, a ferocious demand for uh, engineers and other staffers uh, with uh, fuel cell, with hydrogen experience. And so in our local cluster at the moment, this is about uh, mid-March or so that I last checked, we have something on the order of 90 or more open positions uh, within, this, within the cluster, uh, mm -hmm. which does show that even if we're perhaps at 
maybe 1,500 people uh, you know, overall, uh, overall uh, uh, population base inside the, this cluster, there is a, there's a big demand and an urgency and a desire to help scale this up, you know, strike while the iron is hot, that kind of a thing. I, I got to ask this. I, I've never had the opportunity to go fill up a hydrogen car at uh, one of the filling stations. You mentioned there's just a couple here in BC right now, uh, one of which mm-hmm. is in uh, Vancouver. I, I believe it's on Granville and uh, either 70th or 72nd. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you given a shot? Uh, have you been able to uh, pop by? Or I'm just wondering if, that, if it's a different experience versus kind of gasoline, because we can all kind of picture, yeah, you, you go just plug in an electric vehicle. How that works? But uh, what is the experience just uh, with regards to a hydrogen station? Sure. Well, funny you should mention that. So um, the association uh, currently leases a, a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle at Toyota Mirai, uh, in part so that we have the ability to answer questions such as this. Um, so at the moment in BC, I believe uh, there are on the order of a hundred, not quite a hundred, hydrogen fuel cell passenger vehicles. Uh, of which ours is one. I've filled this one up uh, you know, several times. Um, perhaps the, the the main difference is that the fueling is slightly different, involves a couple more little tweaky steps than you know simply putting a, a pump for a liquid pumping. You're, you're pumping a pressurized gas in this case, but it takes about the same time, ballpark maybe five minutes. And um, we should note that uh, you know some of the early fleet adopters have been uh, uh, Geozone, a, a courier company, a, a zero emissions courier company, uh, and Lyft drivers as well. And uh, you know my feeling would be that uh, what I what I want to convey with that is that you know these are you know, ordinary normal people, not you know, somewhat uh, tech inclined nerds like myself. Uh, so it is a very uh, a very similar, very uh, intuitive experience. Uh, just a couple little things to get used to, kind of like, I don't know, like uh, typing on a smartphone which doesn't have keyboards, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think I, I recall writing about Geozone uh, not too long ago. I, I think mm-hmm. it's something like a 40-car fleet that uh, they inevitably want to build, you know. But uh, what do you, you know, if we've got about 100 of these, you know, passenger vehicles here right mm-hmm. now, how, how do you envision that kind of um, the, the number of fleets growing mm-hmm. For the consumer side of things, just in the next uh, five to ten years, especially when we have more of these uh, zero emission vehicle mandates uh, moving forward, and you know a lot of uh, more pressure for people to adopt. Yes, um, so that's a great question. So at the moment, um, we're working on scaling up the the available hydrogen. So there is a demand, uh, the desire from different fleets to put more hydrogen fuel cell vehicles on the road. However, um, we have to make sure that we have the secure supply of green hydrogen, of low emissions hydrogen, you know, to, uh, you know, so that people who need them for their jobs, couriers, you know, uh, ride hailing folks, uh, you know, never have to, you know, wait overnight or something like that for for the stations to be refueled. So um, the first step is to ensure we have uh, more supply of clean hydrogen that will allow us to put more, more vehicles on the roads. The next is to build up the network. We have more uh, more stations, more people will be able to use them. There'll be less inconvenience or there'll be more confidence that, you know, wherever I go, I'll only be within you know, 10, 15 minutes of a station. Uh, we are in a little different situation here in Metro Vancouver, or Metro Victoria for that matter, than many other cities in that I think the figure is about 52% of Metro Vancouver households live in multi-unit buildings. So unlike some other cities, 
uh, we don't have everyone with their own home private garage. Uh, we also have a large proportion of renters, which means that even if you have the ability to charge in your apartment building, uh, you might get, you know, renovated out. What's it called? Renovicted? Or you, you might have yeah, to move. Yeah, renovictions. Renovictions. There you go. So uh, you might have to move and might not have the ability to guarantee, at least for now, that you can charge at home. So what hydrogen fuel cell vehicles offer is this way of, uh, of basically putting the infrastructure uh, as something on the private sector broadly uh, that you can use in a very short time so that uh, you have one more option uh, to go to zero emission vehicles. Uh, I think it's a wonderful thing that, um, that we have these uh, mandates into place uh, that we are also getting uh, government support to put the infrastructure in buildings and multi buildings, at shopping malls, um, at fast charging locations. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, wanting to make sure you cover everything because again, not everyone will have the same consumer product preferences uh, as, as uh, we individually might have. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot ahead of the uh, Globe Forum next week, but mm-hmm. um, A, uh, will you be attending? And, and B, uh, what might you be looking forward to if you are in fact attending? Uh, yes, so I will be attending. CHFC will be attending Globe you know, all days of the event. We will have our Toyota Mirai there. Uh, I'm very interested to see some of the activities that are going on in the clean tech and sustainability space outside my my little narrow field of hydrogen fuel cells. Um, we will also be hosting a workshop on the development of hydrogen hubs. And hydrogen hubs are a, a way, or I guess a metaphor, of how to scale up the use, uh, the production, the use, and uh, the emissions reductions that can come from uh, clean hydrogen. Uh, we're setting something up uh, in uh, the Metro Vancouver region, and we'll be pollinating that to different regions around British Columbia. So uh, CHFC will be hosting a discussion on uh, how we plan how we plan to help do that, how how we can have these things done with best practices in mind. And so we will be at uh, at Globe. Um, happy to uh, meet with any visitors, you know, face to face for the first time in a couple of years. So uh, well, excellent! It's going to be exciting to be back there. And uh, you know, uh, Matthew, I'm sure you and I will uh, uh, chat a little bit more there. But in the meantime, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Oh, uh, thank you, uh, Tyler. That, of course, is Matthew Klippenstein. He is a regional manager with the Canadian Hydrogen and Fuel Cell Association. He knows lots about electric vehicles and always great to pick his brain. And that's it for the show today. I just want to thank everyone for listening. If you want to find more interviews, videos, stories, just hop on over to BIV.com. We'll be back as of next week. In the meantime, I'm Tyler Orton.